0: On what Pastor Pecca shared with us last last weekend. It won't go for ninety minutes. I promise you. <laughs> All right. I promise. It won't be that long. That wouldn't be a recap, would it? No. That would be a restatement. <laughs> anyway, remember, she built her presentation last Sunday around an acronym: Grow. G R O W, and uh, four pretty simple ideas were contained in her presentation. And uh, GROW stands for get on board, run with the vision, open your eyes and, and widen your tent pegs. And she had a key scripture to go with with each one of those. And uh, this really is all about the church as a body corporate. As you're probably well aware, the, the idea of the church is kind of two two different types, if you like. There's the church gathered together. That's... That's when we come together as part of the body of Christ in the local church. And we worship God, we we learn from His Word, and we enjoy fellowship. See, we thrive in community. God places us in community. We're at our best when we're in community. But also, of course, we're the church scattered, the ecclesia, that uh, Greek word which just means us as individuals. We're out there in the world. When we leave these four walls, Some of us might be going out for lunch. Some of us might be going to the supermarket. Some of us might be going to the fruit and veggie shop. Well, you're rubbing shoulders with people and you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So you're actually carrying the Holy Spirit with you and you're carrying a message. And you actually communicate that message in the way in which you interact with people. You know, I'm starting to develop a little bit of a relationship with the lady who owns the co-owner, when I say relationship, you know, friendly, <laughs> what? friend, friend, friend. she's the co-owner of the the, the bakery in our new the new shopping centre that opened quite close to our house. And uh, what? Why? I, I talk to her about her work. She gets up at about three o'clock in the morning, and she works in that bakery from five a.m. in the morning until seven p.m. at night. Wow. They work seven days a week. Her husband gets up even earlier because he's out the back baking. It's a pretty big job, and they're very, very busy because their product is excellent. But you know what? She needs to know Jesus. And I see myself as a pastor to everybody that I'm rubbing shoulders with. And I don't know whether I'll ever get an invitation from her to open up more about what I do. But see, I've told her already, I'm a pastor. And I've told you the story of the markets. I often go to the markets on Saturday morning, and I take my time to talk with many of the stallholders. And I'll actually go and buy stuff that I don't need (laughs) so I can build a relationship with with the the, the people there. And I always tell them, I say, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm having a great weekend because I've just come from Saturday, Brecky Connect at my church, and I'll be going to church again tomorrow because I'm a part-time pastor. And I think I might have already told you probably three or four times because it tickled my fancy. I was talking to this young lady at the uh, organic shop. I buy these organic fruit and vegetables. And and she was talking to me, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm a part-time pastor. And she said, what's a pastor? Mm -hmm. You see, this is how far people are from church. (coughs) She might have known what a priest was. She might have had a fuzzy idea about a priest. She had no idea what a pastor was. So I explained it to her. Now she calls me darling every time she says that. Doesn't give me a big discount, but maybe that's coming. But you see, the point is, we, we carry what we have in here with us when we're outside. And, and so it's really important that we get a good, solid understanding of the purpose of the church gathered on Sunday. And a lot of the message that Pastor Becca brought us last weekend was all about that. So the idea of getting on board is really about catching vision getting on board now it doesn't mean you follow everything i say without even thinking about it in fact i would hope that every every sunday or or monday you'd actually go through using your bible all the scriptures that we use to make sure you're happy that i'm not off the point or, or or going off somewhere on a tangent that's not strictly biblical all right it's really important that you do that the other thing is often You won't sense much anointing when i'm up here in front with the microphone but let me promise you something when you meditate on the word later in your own time the anointing will come god spoke that word to me many many years ago i stopped coming to church expecting the preacher to be anointed that's pretty lazy but i started to 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 really Chew on the Word, you know, like a cow chews on her card. She sits under a tree and she just chews and chews. They belch a bit and fart too, but you don't have to do that when you're meditating on God's Word because that'll add to global warming. By the way, the way to fix global warming is to buy... No, go buy all the Coca-Cola you can find. Drink it and don't burp, right? That gets all the carbon inside you. And look, that's how you can save the world. Or if you don't think you can do that, just plant trees. No, seriously. We just have to plant one trillion trees and we'll solve all of the issues that have arisen with... You, you know why it doesn't happen? Because it doesn't suit the socialists. It doesn't give them control over us. Our market anyway, I'm not, here. This, I'm not here to talk politics. I just can't help myself. But no, seriously, if the coke thing doesn't work, just plant trees. Exactly. That's the way to deal with it just plant trees and the science behind it is very very solid yeah. one trillion trees we could do that even in Australia okay. without having to do it anywhere else we've got plenty of room and my goodness if we would divert some of that water from the north I won't talk about that either but if we were to do that <laughs> we could, you know Australia has very fertile soil we have been gifted with the most beautiful soil in the world just needs water just add water yeah. Come on. <laughs> and then we mate, it is so easy. See, God has got all the answers. Sure. And we don't have to listen to the nihilists who think the end of the world is coming. The end of the world isn't ever gonna come. The second coming of Jesus Christ is. Yes, yes. the second coming of Jesus That's Christ right. is. Anyway, getting on board, it really is about getting enthused and making sure you are engaged with the local church. Mm-hmm. And this is not an advertisement for ignite like Church Gold Coast necessarily. Of course, I want to grow every pastor wants to grow you want to see more people of course you do but the point is this my heart is to see people sown into a local church a local church if it's not Ignite Life Church that's not the big issue the big issue is that you get on board in a local church you're well and truly engaged in a local church because you'll grow that way you know in the local church there's investment in fact God gave me that word investment for last weekend. The whole weekend was about investment. And we will see fruit in the future. I've made 14% on average on my investments over the last 12 months. Uh, some of them I made 38% on, I lost 38% on another one, so I kind of cancelled out. But you see, when you invest, there's a return. And last weekend was a big investment. And I believe there will be a return for those of us who allow that investment to be made. And there will be a return, there will be fruit for the church as a whole. But you see, you've got to get on board. And uh, the scripture that Pekka used in connection with getting on board with some Haggah, Hagger try habakkuk, or some people say habakkuk, which I think is more, more Hebrew and it sounds more learned anyway. But I'll, I'll say habakkuk, because I can actually say that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 says this, and I'm using the New Living Translation. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Now, His complaint was actually about the the situation that Israel found itself in. But the point about it here is, he's climbing up to the watchtower. There are people at the watchtower. There are roles to be um, played out at the watchtower. I will stand at my guard post. In other words, he would take up his specific role within the context of that community. So get on board. The second one is run with the vision. Mm. And uh, just reading on there from Habakkuk 2, verse 2, it says this, Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. Some versions say write the vision on tablets of clay so that a runner can carry the correct message to others, You see, you don't know what the vision of the local church is unless you're sown into the local church. When you know what the vision is, then you can use that to share with other people. And uh, I shared earlier this morning that when when Ainsley rang me about David being sick and us having to use uh, iTunes as, as our basis for worship this morning, that's okay because we're the less stressed church. You know, my promise to you is I'll never burn you out. Yeah, yeah. I'll never burn you out. Been there, done that. Not just in church, but in parachurch organisations as well. But what I want to do is to equip you to run with the vision. See, the big vision that we have as a local church here is based on the three greats. The great invitation, come follow me. The great commandment, love God and love others as you love yourself. And the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples of the nations. That's the foundation of everything that we do, the whole purpose for being is to give expression to those three grapes from the Word of God. So run with the vision. I will talk a little bit more about the vision that Pastor Pecker brought last weekend. The next one is open your eyes. Open your eyes. Psalm 119 verse 18 says this. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths of your instructions. Uh, Many translations use the word law rather than instructions that these, these include even the things the Holy Spirit brings to you, the revelations the Holy Spirit brings to you. We should always be praying that God will open our eyes to His vision. Open our eyes to His vision. And that He will always, always share His vision with us. You know, I talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact God is like a parent who hides Easter eggs for their kids. You hide Easter eggs in such a way that the kids will find them. (laughs) You see? (laughs) God doesn't make it hard for us to catch His vision. In fact, there's no mystery. You know, some of the denominations have a great theology of mystery. But you see, all the mysteries were revealed in Jesus Christ. That's what the New Testament says. So the Easter eggs are easy to find. The vision is not hard. Because God will give it to us. Yeah. And the W in grow stands for widen your tent pegs. The key scripture here was Isaiah 54 verse 2. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, the King James talks about widening your tent pegs, making a bigger abode. Mm-hmm. So have a, have a mindset of expansion. Why is that? Because God wants his kingdom to invade earth. That's why. And it has nothing to do with a pastor being able to boast about the number of people who come to church. In fact, I think sometimes pastors actually count legs. Right? Because <laughs> that kind of doubles the size of your church right away. You know what? And... and, and um, you know, if I was sharing, and if I talk about percentage growth, every time a new family turns up, that's a 20% growth rate. You see? <laughs> but I don't even count most days. I did count last week. Don't ask me why, but I don't count. Most of the time, I can't say how many people are in church because I'm not I'm I've not. I'm not interested. I'm not focused on numbers. I'm focused on influence. That's it. So we want to equip you when we're the church gathered so you can be the church scattered. And be more effective mm-hmm. when you are scattered out there in the world, Monday, uh, Mondays through to Saturdays. So get on board, run with the vision, open your eyes, and widen your tent pegs. Easy to remember, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Those four letters in grow. Let me move on now to talk a little bit about the uh, a vision statement that uh, Pastor Pecker brought to us last weekend. And uh, it's, it, I actually suggested a little change to it, and uh, and they, they reckon that was a good idea. I had a teleconference with them on, on Thursday night. So uh, it hasn't changed the meaning at all. It just puts more ins in it, all right? So this is what it says, loving God and loving people. We're a church of disciples, making disciples, training leaders to transform the world for the kingdom of God. And I've got a picture of a butterfly there for a particular reason that I'll come to momentarily. So this fits in with the whole idea of those three greats. You see, you can't love God and love people until you've accepted the great invitation. It really starts with accepting the invitation of Jesus Christ, come, follow me. If you look at the original languages, that was never a command. It was never an order. Jesus never said to people, you've got to come and be my disciple. It was an invitation. And we have to respond to that invitation, yes or no, at some point in our lives. We've all said yes. Yes. Praise God. We've all said yes. And so we can all call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. But you see, once we've done that, And we're able to find it in our heart to love God. Then we begin to learn how to love others, especially those who are unlovable. Mm. All right. See, it's easy to love some people. It's more difficult to love other people. Let me give you a tiny little testimony. As you know, I'm really interested in business. I'm really interested in reaching Christians in business. And I had this kind of idea in my head that when we started Ignite Life Church, that somehow all these people in business who weren't going to church would kind of be attracted to Ignite Life Church. Guess what? They weren't. But I said to God one day, I said, well, where's all these business people? And God said, can you love the people I've sent you? I said, yes, I can. And I I do even though you're not all big in business you know making decisions to change the nation hallelujah maybe god is teaching me something you see maybe god is teaching me something but once we've accepted that invitation to become a follower of jesus christ and we're empowered to love god and to love others as we love ourselves and to love others as he does when people come through that door they don't have to come in perfect Because God's going to do that. God's going to work on that. Mm. They've just got to come through the door. Mm. But you see, after we learn how to love God and after we have that capacity to love God and love others, then, you know, we're almost compelled by the love to reach out to others, Mm. to go into all the nations and to make disciples. And that literally means, actually, the word go there, it's in present continuous tense in the Greek, and what that means is, in going about your daily activities, you don't have to go overseas to make disciples. Yeah. In going about your daily activities, let your whole life shout the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good paraphrase of Matthew 28, 18. Mm. 18 I think it is. In going about your daily business, in doing what you do every day. Make disciples of all the people around you. You can start with your own family. And then with maybe people in the workplace, maybe some of your friends. How about that? You don't have to go overseas. You don't have to feel guilty, in fact, if you're stuck here for some reason. You know, you're in this area. You can make disciples. And, and by the way, nations doesn't mean political countries as they exist today. The, it's The Greek word there is ethnos, it just means people group. Mm. So a people group could actually be all the people in your workplace. Mm. All the people in your sporting club. Right? Yes. It doesn't even have to be an ethnic group. Mm. It's just a people group. Yeah. So, we accept that invitation to become a follower of Jesus Christ. We're empowered to love God and to love others as we love ourselves. And then we're virtually compelled by that love to go into the nations and to make disciples. And a disciple is simply a learner. That's all the word means. It's a learner. It's used over 270 times in the New Testament. So it's a pretty important thing. Are you a learner? Yeah. Yes. Are you a learner? Yes. Yeah. I'm a learner. I'm still learning. Every time I open the Bible, I learn something. That's the most wonderful thing. That's why it's regarded, in a sense, as a living word. That's why it's the most popular book in the world still. Every time you open it, it's because the Holy Spirit releases revelation to us. That doesn't happen when we read an ordinary novel or watch a movie on TV, but when we open the Word of God, because. The empowering of the Holy Spirit is there. We learn. So a disciple is as simple as that. It's a learner. So we being learners, we lead others to become learners as well. We're learning from the Word of God. We're learning from the Holy Spirit. So we're a church of disciples. We're a church of learners making other learners. Training leaders to transform the world. Now, one of the points that Pekka made was we're all leaders. See, leadership is about two things. It's about influence and it's about empowering. So all of us will have people around us whom we influence. And I really do believe that if we understand leadership well, we'll also be empowering them. In the workplace, we empower people to make decisions because that matures them as moral beings. In the household you know we can empower our own children to make decisions as they get a little bit older and ultimately to own their own faith and I had the privilege of seeing my own children work through that whole issue of whether I'm just going to inherit my parents faith or whether I'm going to accept and have a faith that is truly my own the word transformation is is, um i've done a lot of study on this because it's a word that fascinates me a lot that the greek is metamorpho from which we get the term metamorphosis which is why the butterfly is there and uh, amos and vanessa they go catch butterflies because they run a business and they sell butterflies to people for example at, at weddings and um i've been to a wedding where where they release butterflies they just release the butterflies Cheaper than dumps, I suppose, and you don't have to worry about catching them again. (laughs) But it's beautiful. Now, one of the most interesting speeches I ever... I used to teach public speaking at a Bible college up in Toowoomba, and Amos' dad was a student there. This is a long... because I'm old, right? This was a long, long time ago. A long time ago. And I don't think Amos was still in nappies, but he was pretty young. Can you imagine Amos in nappies? Don't worry about that. that. But um, his dad was at the time breeding butterflies, and he, he had to do a presentation as part of his assessment, and he did a presentation on breeding butterflies. It was one of the most interesting things I've ever listened to in my life, and he made it interesting as well. But the whole point about metamorphosis, isn't it, is the butterfly was once... A caterpillar. It goes into a chrysalis and then it comes out a totally different thing. And I believe, I don't know how they did this research, but I believe scientists have discovered that the butterfly still remembers what it was like to be a caterpillar. Okay? And we saw that with the testimony that Andrew brought us this morning. He's a butterfly, but he remembers what it was like to be a caterpillar. (laughs) Isn't that true? Isn't that true? But you see, he's changed. He's changed. Now, guess how the transformation happened? The Holy Spirit got a hold of him. Now, the thing about, I I don't want to bore you too much with with, with my little knowledge about Greek, but it's very interesting that that Greek word metamorpho, it's translated as transformed in Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's, Uh, rendered transfigured in Matthew 17 and Mark 9-2. Remember when uh, Jesus went up the mountain and uh, all of a sudden he was kind of surrounded by this bright white light, and that's referred to as the transfiguration. The Greek word metamorpho is used there as well. All uses of that Greek word are in the passive voice. Now, the passive voice, what it actually implies is it's not something we do. We are subject to the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. It's the Holy Spirit who does the transforming. Mm-hmm. So when we, say, when we say we're training leaders, that's all of you, when we're training leaders to transform the world for the kingdom of God, it's not about us being all gung-ho and walking out in victory and doing something to the world. It's about us bringing people to the point where they are open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives because it is the Holy Spirit that does the transformation. You see, it's not something we can do. We can't make somebody become transformed. What we can do is to lead them to the point where they are open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. I want to focus a little bit on the kingdom of God. uh, It's all about, every word which is translated, sometimes it's translated kingdom of heaven, sometimes kingdom of God, but it's all about his rule, his reign, his authority and his sovereignty. New Testament Christians understood that Jesus Christ had come and was to come again. And they actually saw the kingdom of heaven in the same light. That in a sense, the kingdom of heaven was here, but it was not yet here. It's the now, but not yet nowness of the kingdom of heaven, which is a bit of a difficult concept to understand. But to use a theological term, what it suggests is the kingdom of heaven is not yet fully consummated on earth. So the kingdom of heaven was actually inaugurated when Jesus Christ said from the cross, it is finished and the work of the church is to bring the kingdom to earth it's a funny thing that churches that actually say that's what we're doing uh, are generally labeled as belonging to the new apostolic movement and they get a lot of criticism I don't care if people label us as belonging to the new apostolic movement I don't really care what label they give us And I don't really care how much criticism there might be. What's our job? It's to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we pray that, then surely we'll believe that God is going to use us as his instruments to bring the kingdom to earth. And so Ignite Life churches have adopted this, this idea, if you like, a vision statement that says loving God and loving others we're a church of disciples or learners making disciples or learners training leaders to transform the world for the kingdom of god and you think about the world we do have churches in in uganda of course and we're not all over the world And who knows where god will take us into the future and then briefly i just want to refer to the key scripture that pick brought us and it's important that this key scripture comes from the message translator the message paraphrase of the Bible. Uh, most translations don't do it this way. And I spent a lot of time on Wednesday looking at the translations. God spoke to Pastor Keith directly through the message version. And I just want to refresh our memories. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 11 to 13. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life We didn't fence you in. The smallest you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively for God. Live openly and expansively for God. Because as you do, you will grow. You'll be motivated to get on board, to run with the vision.